This is Andrea Kolsky, and you're listening to Justice is Blonde on Lone Star Community Radio. And today we're super excited to be joined by Rebecca Beavers. She's a private investigator. She's a soldier for women, and she is running a anti-trafficking alliance. Uh, so just what a wonderful guest. We're really happy to have you here, too. Hi, thank you so much. I appreciate it. That's wonderful to be here. Um, yes, yeah, so I just started uh, Anti-Trafficking Alliance. Um, it's going in and out. Sorry. Um, so I just started Anti-Trafficking Alliance. Um, we're located in Heights, Houston. It's uh, myself and another private investigator, and we work to recover uh, victims of sex trafficking. So what a noble and amazing cause to say, you know, we're going to get our resources together and we're going to try to help I mean, obviously, it's mostly women, which is why I'm calling you a soldier for women, um, to try to recover these folks that end up in just the most dangerous, tragic, and sad lifestyles. Right. And, and you know, and it, it's not just the marginalized anymore. Um, we're seeing um, victims come out of, you know, suburban America. And so as far as human trafficking, you know, this is definitely something that is a concern as a parent. I know you're a mom, um, but it's a concern just as a woman just in life, what a terrible situation to find yourself where you are um, somebody else's property, essentially, and they can do what they please with you. Yes. And, you know, unfortunately, it's not this idea that we, you know, a woman is chained to the floor or locked in a room even anymore. We have this idea that it's, you know, in happening in a third world country. No, it's actually happening here in our streets and it's out in plain sight. Um, and so with that, it's, you know, girls will get wrapped up with guys that they think love them. And these are the hardest cases. It takes the longest to help them, you know, to, on the road of recovery because, you know, they were completely swindled, as I call it, or hoodwinked. <laughs> but it's really Stockholm Syndrome is what um, the real terminology is for it because they believe this man loves them and they believe that, you know, he's going to invest in their future and their life. And they're just very excited to, you know, be with someone that they think loves them. And so oftentimes what happens is, like, you have a, a young lady, she may have some self-esteem issues or she may just be like you said, blinded by the love and, and she gets wrapped up with somebody and that person in turn essentially prostitutes them out, um, maybe may video them or in other ways um, victimize or marginalize their existence. And, and, you know, they keep the power by taking control of the money, by, um, you know, basically restricting their freedom. Like you said, they're not going to chain you to the floor, but they're going to do things that, from the victim standpoint, restrict what they perceive as abilities to leave the situation or leave the scenario. Am I right? Absolutely. And, you know, we do see situations where, you know, the trafficker or the pimp will, you know, really convince them that the law enforcement is not on their side. And that's just not true. And definitely not in Houston, Texas, um, because I have seen a, a vastly different perspective. There are law enforcement out there that care. And so when, you know, for example, I have a situation with a case where she took a drug charge and their drugs were not hers. And, and so, by she, you mean a defendant. So you have a defendant that ends up in this justice system. Correct. Basically because of their poor choices of boyfriends or associates or whatever the situation may be, right? Right. And, it, you know, at the end of the day, she still made that choice to go be with him. You know, but is it really fair to say, okay, now you're in a situation we don't want to help you? No, that's not fair. You know, because it, it could be anybody of us. You know, we could have gotten with the wrong guy, and then now, you know, we're in a sticky situation. Right. Some people get with the wrong guy and they get divorced. But I often say that that women end up in the criminal justice system often because of the men that they're in relationships with. Right. You know, you don't really 
and this is no uh, disservice to women. I think women are amazing. And if, and if we stuck together, we could take over the world. I just think that it's a situation where, um, you know, you have these criminal mass, you know, you have aggravated robberies or you have criminal um, organizations. And, and typically the, you know, head of the operation and the organization is not a female. Um, the women are more marginal players or they're, you, you know, not kind of running the show. And it, like I said, it's not because I don't think we could, but it's just typically my experience is that women who end up in the justice system end up there because either of who they're in a relationship with or because of some addiction issues. Is that your experience? I, I mean, absolutely. But so she took this charge and it wasn't her drugs and she took the charge. Well, it didn't put her in a bind and then she had a warrant. And of course, you know, he's not going to spend the money on the legal, um, you know, side to get her, um, you know, her, the best representation. Right. Or... And, and get the warrant fixed. He, you know, he wants to keep her under his thumb. And so by her having a warrant and believing that police is not on her side, She's going to stay, you know, on the run and, you know, under his control. And so that's what we see a lot of. Um, so I want to talk to you. I know you said that the Houston um, organization or the Houston law enforcement agencies are, are great and they and they really do have in mind these these young ladies. But but you also have access to resources for for folks that are trafficked or whether it's counseling or medical issues. Right. Um, we so we have a doctor on our board, a primary care physician. Her name is Dr. Maria Gonzalez. Um, and she's incredible. Um, she really has a huge heart for the women. She actually goes on outreach um, to the cantinas and talks to the women in that. Um, she's from Juarez, so she speaks fluent Spanish. And so um, we offer free medical care um, to our clients that come through our doors and that we, you know, we're aiding or assisting with other things. Um, and then we also have two counselors on staff, licensed counselors, that understand trauma. And then they also understand the you know, diversity and dynamics of sex trafficking. So, in fact, one's a parent of a, a sex traffic victim. So I try to put together a team of people that really have a heart for this, you know, this issue, this movement. And certainly it is a when you hear human trafficking, you think, OK, maybe somebody was kidnapped or sold or maybe even a child could have ended up in this situation. And, and I don't know how often recently you've been at the airport, but uh, being at the Houston airport and at the Atlanta airport in the last week, I can tell you that there's lots of advertising that basically says we are against human trafficking. I mean, it's 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 obvious that that as a society we don't think that's a great idea. I mean, I think if, if we're as a society of of right thinking folks, nobody would say yes, human trafficking is great. Now, certainly, criminals that that make their money in this enterprise would disagree, um, but it is something that I feel like is getting more publicity and coming more to the forefront um, maybe than it has in the past lately. Right. And, and that's great. I think that the new awareness movement is phenomenal, but we also have to address the issue of porn and the demand that it creates for sex trafficking. Um, and, and there's major issues there. And that's a whole, that could be a whole segment right there. Um, and there's organizations out there doing the research on this, the, you know, scientific research. And this is what we were talking about um, earlier, where it's like, okay, these people are not only possibly sold, but they are, maybe, um, you know, taken down a, a pornography road, whether they're making por pornographic videos or taking pornographic images. And then, you know, the, the people that traffic them are ultimately getting all kinds of money for the, the images. And, and oftentimes right. the victim isn't getting anything. Right. You have a product that you can sell over and over. It's not like drugs where you have to then, you know, regain the product somehow. So it's, it's very lucrative. And, and that's something interesting that, 
I think is what is a consistent problem in, in trafficking and in the sex industry. So first of all, there's a big demand for it. Right. Um, second of all, there's a product that if you're the pimp, that product is, is always available to make you money. So for example, if you sell somebody drugs, there's a known quantity. And once you sell it, you can't sell the same drugs again. Right. Same with weapons or other things that would be illegal that you would sell when you're selling a person, um, you know, that's like a, a revolving ATM where you're going to get access to that resource over and over and over again. And you find that the the um, pimps or the folks that are promoting the prostitution are have a huge desire not to give up their their ATM machine. Right. And and also addressing the demand is, you know, addressing consumerism. And, you know, at the end of the day, we all have to take a good, long, hard look in the mirror and say, you know, how are we? you know, aiding in this awful situation? Are, are we buying into porn? Are we, you know, um, not paying attention to our kids and what they're watching? Um, because it's just continuing a vicious cycle. So we do need to take a break to hear from our sponsors, but when we come back, we'll continue to discuss human trafficking in Houston and Montgomery County and, and basically globally and what we can do to prevent it, what we can do to be aware and, and just to be socially conscious about it. You're listening to Justice is Blonde on Lone Star Community Radio. Remember to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on your computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. Lone Star Community Radio broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. This is Andrea Kolsky, and you're listening to Justice is Blonde on Lone Star Community Radio, and we're super excited to be joined by beautiful brunette, no offense to the hair color, Rebecca Beavers, who is a advocate, soldier for women, also a private investigator, just doing a great job through life. So we're really happy to have you, Rebecca. Thank you. Driving I'm all so the way glad up, to be here. Driving all the way up, we call it North Houston, Conroe, Texas, also one of the fastest growing cities in the country, according to the Wall Street Journal. Did you know that little tidbit? I did not. But by the way, on my driver's license, I am a platinum blonde. Oh, excellent. That You know what? For the listeners, we'll feel an extra sense of loyalty then. They called me Gwen Stefani with that blonde hair. So, <laughs> Well, really happy to have you. And, and if you're just joining us, we were talking before the break about human trafficking. And Rebecca has a really great heart. And she st has started and is integral in a nonprofit based in Houston that deals with anti-trafficking. And I don't know a more worthy cause than trying to help young ladies, uh, mostly young ladies, that end up in an industry where they are trafficked and forced either psychologically, physically, or um, through some other means to have sex with people for money, to put naked pictures of themselves up online for money. And, and when I say for money, it's oftentimes where, where the money does not end up in their pockets. That's so what a, what a trying situation and, and you're working with an organization known as the anti-trafficking alliance yes um and with that organization there's resources for folks that think they're helpless or are stuck in a situation so just wonderful wonderful job Thank you're you. doing so uh, anti-trafficking alliance ata um formed uh, just very recently december of 2017 
Um, and our goal is to research, recover, and restoration. Um, that while we are not aftercare, we just advocate for the after, we align with aftercares that are out there um, that combat this problem as well um, to help place victims, you know, if they need home. Well, you know, I think that's really important that, that you come into the contact with the victims, but oftentimes you come into the contact with the victims when they end up in the criminal justice system. Isn't that right? That's correct. So what a hard issue where you, you know, you're forced to do this against your will. And ultimately what happens is you, you end up in the justice system because one of the people that you are set up with or that you are prostituting yourself to is a police officer. Correct. And that's oftentimes how you or I would come into contact with somebody in this industry. Right. So um, they get charged with either prostitution or um, promotion of prostitution or whatever, whatever's happening there. And um, at least in Houston, there are some resources available to those young ladies. Absolutely. There's people in, you know, in the system as well, in the district attorney's office, um, both here in Montgomery County and in uh, Harris County that care and that want to help them. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's there. It's just, sometimes it's a little hard to spot the signs and, you know, I know how I'm sure it goes. It's, you know, it's very overwhelming when you have a ton of cases and, you know, it's hard to see all the details, but it's very helpful if you have people who are paying attention, um, and, and, you know, helping you notice that, Hey, this girl, she's actually a victim and she needs to be, um, you know, she needs to be seen. She needs help. And so what will happen, like at least as a defense attorney, when I go in on a case that is a, a young lady that's charged with prostitution or something that's similar, and I'm talking about the girls um, that I have represented, but what happens in my situation is oftentimes the prosecutor will want to know who hired you, you know, because you do have a situation where the pimps or the folks that are controlling these women control the money. And I think that there is a, when they realize that I'm hired by the victim or you know, not hired by the pimp, that makes them feel more comfortable about maybe meeting with the victim to um, potentially give information or, or talk about what they can do or want to do to maybe change their life uh, rather than just incarcerate them. Right. And I'm glad that they asked that question. I didn't know. That's so really, that's amazing. Um, I work with another attorney who actually introduced us, George Roll, and he's an incredible um criminal defense attorney in Harris County. And um, and he also knows everybody. For those that don't know George, George knows everybody. Oh, he's phenomenal. <laughs> he's a big teddy bear, and he has a big heart to help these women. Um, so and by, he, by everybody, I mean everybody famous. So you can't have a conversation with George that lasts more than five minutes without an experience where he's... Yeah. And so um, anyway, to a so he's helped family. me with several cases. I mean, he has been um, really incredible in facilitating um, justice for the victims. And, and George, you know, I don't think he would mind me saying this. He's a father to three daughters. So it certainly really would hit home for him. Just what a terrible, you know, you know, you're a mother too. And as am I, and just mothers of daughters, it's the worst possible conceivable situation would be that something would happen to your, your little angel people. I know. And that's why I keep fighting, you know, cause this is hard stuff. And I wake up in the morning at 6am and the alarm goes off and I really just want to turn it off and go back to bed and make myself some breakfast and a mimosa. And uh, especially <laughs> today when the rain is coming down and I, I can totally relate, but you have a higher calling and you really you get out of bed for a good reason and you go to bed and you can realize that you really impacted people's lives. I started doing this in 2003. Uh, I was 17 at the time. And, and I, when you said you started doing this, you advocating re recoveries, no, yeah. the advocating part and even the self-awareness of what the issue was at hand um, I didn't have a full grasp on that picture. Um, that took years for me to come to, you know, terms with some things that have happened to me in my life. But um, I'd have friends that would call me um, and they, you know, got pimps and they didn't realize that, oh, you know, 
this is really what the grim reality is. And, oh, he just raped me and, you know, beat me and took my $1,000 I made at the club. And will you please come get me? So I started doing these in 2003. Um, and, you know, I would say, okay, 1 a.m., I'll be there. You can bring one bag and, you know, no drugs. No, well, <laughs> back then, I, you know, I was, I, I was a wild child. So, uh, you know, but, um, you know, just be ready on the corner and, and we'll go. But that's that. And, I, you know, no drama. So from your situation where you feel like you had this unique aspect where maybe you had access to this this group of girls that trusted you and that would, would know that you would maybe just be a super friend or help them get Come out through, of right. da- dangerous it's situations. Scary. <laughs> um, so with your situation, you know, you've kept that moving forward in your life. Before the break, you were talking about, you know what, this isn't just a situation where um, you know, you have people that are here illegally and, and you know, they come in and they're you know, working at the nail salon and we have to, we have to get to that. And by the nail salon, I I really mean like a massage parlor or things like that, where those folks are held against their will, or you have people that are here illegally and they're tricked into coming here where they say, okay, we're going to hold your passports. If you don't do, we're talking about, um, you're working with folks, not that we don't advocate for those folks too. It's a kidnapping situation and a, a forced, essentially sex slavery, but you have dealt even more locally with folks that are affluent maybe um you know not in in um here illegally they're here lawfully and you've seen situations where those folks have have gotten themselves trafficked or or essentially suburbia america really right so um and in those situations um i had two cases last year um with uh, teenagers one was 13 and one was 15 and they actually both went to the same school and they didn't know each other but the the common denominator was that they both had gone to a party um, with with some kids from school and not also from the school that were there. And they were drugged and they were gang raped and it was filmed and it was circulated. And it just tore these both of these girls down and destroyed their self-esteem and sense of self-worth and value. And so, you know, when they get to that point, if they don't, if they're not intercepted by a counselor and a loving support system, um, it just gets sideways really quick and they begin to run away and they begin to um, hide and they, you know, have post self-esteem and self-loathing issues. Right. And so, and with the social media age and it's kind of gotten out of control, in my opinion, um, you know, kids are just posting anything now. And, you know, I mean, I could go on, you know, Snapchat right now and show you, you know, kids that are posting themselves nude. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. And, you know, and, and trying to work with the parents and get the parents, you know, kind of to, to recognize the signs and what's going on um, is a battle in and of itself. Well, you know, I think that's really interesting that you say that because, you know, there has been definitely a iPhone and um, social media revolution where everybody's taking selfies and posting things and need to, you know, keep you posted of their every move. And as parents, you don't always know necessarily the technology to even track your kids. With Snapchat, your children often know more than you do about how to get on the Snapchat and how long the messages stay up and how to recover snap messages. So, you know, that's another thing is it's not just keeping an eye on your kids. It's like trying to stay informed with the technology so you know how to keep an eye on your kids. Right. And if there's one thing I can impart today, if any parents are listening, um, it would be that if your child has a Facebook or Snapchat or Instagram, they're all the same companies. It's the same companies, Facebook that owns Instagram. I'm not sure about Snapchat. But the law that they have. I actually, Snapchat is actually separate, and it trades on the NASDAQ as Snap. 
Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, but with Facebook and Instagram specifically, their, their, I guess, guidelines or law of Facebook land is that um, if your child is 13 or over, they're allowed to have an account. Okay, that's, that's their guideline. And if you don't have the password, then you better get a subpoena. They're not going to help you. Well, I do. this is really interesting, and I know that the, the listeners are going to want to hear more about what they can do to protect themselves, their kids, and, you know, what parties not to send your kids to, what kind of good warnings you can, you can give your kids, mostly your girls, um, but certainly it does exist for, for the fellows as well. But we do need to take a break to hear from our, our sponsors. But when we come back, we'll keep talking about, you know, trafficking in Texas and what we can do to prevent it personally and, you know, globally and here on a statewide level. You're listening to Justice is Blonde. Hey guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, check out the Ticket Stub Podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. Today is February the 7th, 2018, and it's raining in Conroe, uh, but we're joined with sunshiny, beautiful, all-star guest, Rebecca Beavers. She is a private eye. Um, she is has her own To Catch a Predator uh, operation, organization, and just just wonderful, wonderful to have her here today. We're really excited to have you. Thanks. I so I wouldn't call it too much about to catch a predator. Well, I would, Rebecca. I want to talk about how you yourself personally, you, you do work and, and help run the Anti-Trafficking Alliance based in Houston, but you yourself have been integral in the recovery of young ladies who were trafficked. That's correct. So to me, to catch a predator. You caught, you caught the people before they were put, or af- maybe even after they were in the network, but you know, um, you know pimps? that that uh jake our producer today and i don't know right right so uh well i I make a joke i call it my pimpadex but um you know there's there's a lot of them and keeping an eye on you know which ones are there and what rings and there are actually quite a few rings in in harris county um and so prostitution rings prostitution rings that's correct um and so we do see a mixture of minors and adults even in these rings that are being uh, sold for sex and so if you're a pimp, you're in a situation where if you're caught, you can be charged with a more serious offense than, um, you know, if you're the victim, which would be a misdemeanor, you might get charged with prostitution. But if you're actually engaged in the process of trying to prostitute folks, you can be charged with a felony of promoting prostitution. That's correct. And so certainly we want to get those people off the streets and get them you know, kind of, if there's no market for it, and if the folks running the show aren't there, you know, certainly you're making every effort to, to shut down the industry. Uh, absolutely. And and we also do like to aid law enforcement in uh, netting consumers. We've worked on a few different operations with them, um, with spas and with um, apartments and hotels. 
So when you say netting consumers, like you set it up from a law enforcement aspect to try to get the pimps or is it to get the Johns or? To get the, well, I, I, it's Johns or consumers, but yes, to get consumers as well. Um, and then, you know, if the pimp is around, um, they're able to, I forget what the charge is, but they're able to um, basically, I don't know if it's ticketing or what, but they can get the uh, pimps if the pimps drive them. So it may just be that they're guilty as a party, right. um, you know, under under the law of parties. If you aid, abet, assist, attempt to aid, abet, assist anybody in the commission of the offense, you can be charged as a party even if you didn't commit the act. That's why if somebody goes to the jack-in-the-box and there's an aggravated robbery that goes on inside, the getaway driver can be charged with aggravated robbery even though they're the getaway driver. So okay. um, ultimately, those are the folks that, that you do want punished rather than the young ladies who are, you know, most of them, even if they think they're doing it by choice, it's probably just a psychological issue. I mean, I think to be a good pimp, you have to be almost a good psychologist to be able to manipulate people. Oh, absolutely. A psychologist without a degree. A psychologist uh, without a degree. <laughs> they um, they actually have books out uh, written on how to how to the game, you know, the, on how to do what they do. How to win friends and manipulate people. Correct. I should probably read them. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, it definitely exists. And they're broken people, too. Now, I don't have much mercy for them, period. I agree. Um, there's some people, there's groups out there that do, um, not many of them. But, um, you know, I always kind of wonder, what does it take for a man to want to um, control a woman in that way? And to me, it's crazy. There's just no amount of money that I would ever, could ever accept to... Um, Terrorize someone. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just, that lifestyle, I just, it's so foreign to me. I mean, I know a bit about it. I've studied it um, just for surveillance and you know um, but it, I just don't really get it I mean something has obviously clearly happened to these guys at some point in their life where they just you know I don't know if it's that they hate women or what but I mean um, you know well I was involved in defending um, you know you had talked about how you had come into contact with a 13 year old and a 15 year old who basically were drugged and raped at a party and it was videoed and then passed around and, and so the number of crimes that happened with that situation, obviously, every one of those cases is a sexual assault of a child or an aggravated sexual assault of a child in the case of the 13-year-old. But then you're going to create child pornography. You're going to disseminate it. Then you're promoting child pornography. There's just a number of layers and dynamics of those issues. No one was prosecuted on either of those cases or even charged. Yeah, I don't. that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but certainly, I was a prosecutor in Harris County, and I would have been excited. I worked in the Child Abuse Division to, to help and prosecute the folks that that did that to the those young ladies yeah it's, um, a, it's just it's really crazy and, and and so a lot of times so you can see why would those girls would think law enforcement's not on our side right you know absolutely um and a lot of times you know it just they just need a little help guiding through the judicial maze that is there um there's no i mean for someone who's like yourself who's gone to school and has so much experience doing you know this kind of work on the on the judicial level um you know that you understand the situation. You, you would immediately know if somebody called and said, here's my situation. You would know how to advise them, like, okay, here's what you do next, or here's what I advise you to do. So um, a lot of our, you know, clients or parents that call in um, to ATA, we're, you know, just letting them know, like, hey, we're here for you, being supportive um, and helping them go through that maze. Well, one of the things we were talking about before the break um, was the situation where there's uh, social media and access to Kind of seeing what your kids are up to so i definitely think as a parent you want to be able to either track the snapchat instagram facebook you got to know the passwords you got to keep up with it on a daily basis absolutely where, where you know um and you know where your kids are so i think a lot of uh, parents have the find a friend app or find your iphone app and i will say that 
you know, as if you if you have a situation where your your child's phone is turned off or, or you can't find them and it's a neutral situation, you let them know how serious it is and that they won't have a phone or take away their privileges in the event that that they turn that feature off because it, it ultimately in in a case that I was involved in was integral in locating a 16 year old. So essentially it was, uh, you know, she had had met with somebody where they talked about modeling. And, and so it starts out with this modeling angle and then, you know, maybe you can do some dancing and then maybe there was some stripping that was suggested. And then all of a sudden she's being advertised on Backpage, and her father ultimately found her uh, due to his phone locator. And he was assaulted by the, the pimp uh, he was held at gunpoint, but ultimately he did retrieve his daughter and her friend. And it was at the at the point where she was going to be put in the industry. She was, you know, at, there was a there was a John that was there, and um, yeah, it sounds like the it sounds like the pimp had a, a very uh, planned and methodical grooming process. So see, he started with. You know, oh, let me take pictures of you. You're, you would make a great model. Right, you're so beautiful. And and of course, all all I think majority of women, of course, that's wonderful. You know, uh, to have a guy that you like or you think loves you, um, tells you, you know, tells you how beautiful you are and wants to take photos of you. Right. So it starts with that. Build her self esteem up, and then just keep pushing the bar, keep pushing the boundary, and pushing the envelope to get her to do more and more and more, and get her onto drugs and alcohol and 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 then you just start the the breaking process. Right, and that certainly is something that we see which is one of the ways we get in, into contact with these victims is that you do have somebody that develops an addiction to whatever drug it is that helps them numb their experiences or forget about their experiences. And then they get pulled over on traffic or whatever issue causes them to come into contact with law enforcement. And that's how we find out, okay, these are the behind the scenes, deeper issues. Right. And, and it really is like an onion not to be so cliche, but it's true. I mean, you know, once you start peeling out off the outer layer, then you start really seeing these other issues at hand and seeing that, you know, she's not really there because she wants to be. It may appear, but um, even on a social media level, right? You'll right. see people with their selfies and they're, you know, um, posting their dinners and stuff. But, you know, when you when you start peeling back and looking at their life actually day to day behind closed doors, you realize they're under lock and key. He doesn't just let them go wherever they want to go or do whatever they want to do. They don't have a, a bank account or a credit card or a car. Um, and in, in some situations they do, um, but he completely takes over. And um, and then they just get in so deep and they think that there's just no other way out or no help. And so they just accept it and say, oh, I want to be here. But And I've had candid conversations with a client um, who, you know, when, was, when given resources through Harris County, uh, they do have a special court and a group of prosecutors there and just folks that that have a heart and they want to hear about your experience and they want to know how they can help. But, but she was of the mentality, like, I like doing this. I'm going to keep doing it. I, I don't have any desire to get out of the industry. I do want to keep, stop getting caught because that is problematic when I have to keep coming to court. But I mean, she was adamant, like, I like doing this. So um, as somebody that hears that, that's an outsider, what is your take? If you have a young lady that says, no, I'm a prostitute by choice. And this is, I, I love it. I have a great life. What do you, how, how do you feel about that? Well, you know, if I made $150,000 a year, I'd be pretty happy to. <laughs> I work in the nonprofit se sector, so I don't make right. a lot of money. But with that being said, um, there, you know, there's addictions to lifestyle. I mean, there, there's, a, there's an AA group for shoppers and spenders, aholics, you know, SA. Um, and that, you know, that exists. So, you know, there's that aspect of lifestyle uh, addiction. 
So I don't, you know, I've never met her, but if I met her, I'm sure there's more to it. And she was a vi- she was trafficked, which started it all. She was kidnapped basically from, she used to live in Las Vegas. She was taken to California and she had the, the textbook worst case scenario where she was kept in a hotel room. They took all her stuff and just forced to basically have sex for X amount of time um, with whoever they brought in. And it was just kind of the typical nightmare. What you would conceive as your worst nightmare is what this young lady lived through. So to come out of that where she was forced to do this and all of a sudden say, no, I like to do it, um, it, it's maybe she's convinced herself that that's the case, but I don't necessarily believe her. Hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's tough. You know, I think that when you, so she's had something very traumatic and awful happen to her. Um, and we do know the violence rates against the women that are working are, are very high. You know, they experience some form of violence against them, whether they're choked or hit or hair pulled or, you know, violent sex. I mean, that, that is a, you know, they get abused. You know, I know dancers who will tell me, you know, I walked into this club and, and thought I could work here and thought, you know, I'll be safe. There's security. But then got assaulted and the club says, no, we're not calling the police and you're going to finish your shift. So... You know, I think there's just a lot of um, misconceptions and, and sometimes, you know, it's hard to have a super change in your life to go with a different career and think right. I can do this. Maybe I can... they don't have a high school education or any, you know, right. what they perceive as additional skill. And I mean, at the bottom line, at the end of the day, when it comes to, I don't know what her lifestyle is like or if she has children, but, you know, I mean, there's always a way, right? But in their mind, you know, if they're desperate and their children need to eat or they're about to be evicted, they're going to do whatever they have to do. And I think we all would for our kids. Obviously not to that extreme just because, you know, we have a support system, but maybe they don't. Right. I mean, I do think as women who are moms or just, again, I'm just going to throw this out there because I think women could take over the world if we would just stick together. I think women can always find a way um, if they are, are have enough self-awareness and yeah, self-love. And knowing what's out there and being, you know, educated on and empowered. Um but we do need to take a break uh, to hear from our, our sponsors one final time. You're listening to Justice is Blonde on February 7th at Lone Star Community Radio. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in Western Swing, Honky Tonk, Zydeco, Texas Blues, Outlaw Country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. This is Andrea Kolsky, and you're listening to Justice is Blonde on Lone Star Community Radio. And if you're just joining us, you've missed a great show so far. We've been joined by super special guest, beautiful young lady, Rebecca Beavers. I like to call her a soldier for women because that's what she does. She steps up and helps and and donates all her time, resources, and energy into helping women who are victims of trafficking. And and she's integral and a director over at the... uh, Anti-Trafficking Alliance in Houston. Yes, we're located in the Heights, Houston. Do you want to tell the folks how they can reach out to you, get to know you, get to meet you? Absolutely. Uh, I'd love to. Um, Our website is atahtx.org. 
And if folks have questions, they can shoot you an email and you're available. Yeah. You have a telephone number where they could call you if it's a situation where they feel they can't maybe send an email or there'll be a trail. Sure. 713-712-6612. Um, we also have um, an investigations tab on our website. And if you um, have a missing person, adult or child, there's two separate forms. You can fill it out um, and we, you know, we'll get back with you if we can um, take on the case. And so if you're just joining us, Rebecca's been telling us, you know, basically, hey, trafficking isn't just something that happens in other countries. you got to open your eyes. It's, it happens here in su- suburban, urban America, right next door. It could be something that happens to your child when they go to a party. It could be something that happens if your daughter gets involved with the wrong boyfriend and, you know, they're able to psychologically manipulate that person and it really is something that we've got to open our eyes to as as community members, as moms, as parents, and, and just just put an end to this this uh, business. Absolutely. In January, uh, my, my co-investigator and I, we had uh, several cases, seven actually to be exact, in, of missing persons and situations where we helped in the legal system, helped, you know, pull strings. And then we had also three um, pimps, traffickers that we helped put behind bars. And that's really rewarding to know, like, you know, you're doing your part every little bit at a time to eliminate the supply and demand. Um, You know, the demand may be there for sex forever, but, you know, to cut off the supply and to help people get out of the industry, that's really, really important. And I'm, they're lucky to have somebody so passionate working for their organization and operation. Um, Thank you. We're, you know, we're lucky that we know some really great law enforcement personnel that um, welcome our tips and our information and we really try to um, research and do as much as possible to take the load off of their hands because there's just so much. I can't even imagine being a police officer and what they have to go through in their caseload. Um, and, you know, it, it's just a lot. And so we just try to, uh, you know, aid in any way we can to, you know, make it more efficient or just smoother, you know. So I did want to talk. We haven't covered this much in, in this show. I did want to talk about, you know, there is a surge of arrest that that we see as criminal defense attorneys where you're having massage parlors get busted or you have um, places that are set up to look as some other type of operation where you end up having a bunch of of women that are being forced you know from a status perspective and, and locally here there was a big bust at an asian massage parlor where a number of people were arrested and and um you know, it was it was indicated that those ladies were, you know, their passports were held or they were kind of forced to work in this industry. And document servitude is a very real thing. Um, you know, and they come here indebted to the people who bring them here, whether it's from Asia or whether it's from South America or Central America. And so you have these folks that are essentially their their freedom and their liberty is being held by somebody else or they're you know, they don't have any money or they don't have a phone or their or their relatives are threatened. Have you seen that? Absolutely. We've seen quite a bit of it. Um, and, you know, and, and when you think, you know, I'm so far from home, I don't know anybody here. I have no papers and I'm afraid of law enforcement. You know, it's very hard to get a victim outcry in a situation like that. Well, especially when you're dealing with folks that are here illegally, they have an irrational fear that, hey, if I go to law enforcement about my situation, they're going to deport me. And maybe those circumstances are worse than in the circumstances I'm in right now. And you know what? There's actually a federal law. It's the um, TV AP. I, I'm going to butcher it. I apologize. You might know more about it. I have some information here. But it's a federal law that if you're a victim 
of trafficking, you've been brought over a border, um, it actually will, it, it spells out in there that it will help you with your citizenship status. So, and I, I know it's a, it's, it's similar to a political asylum situation where if you're, I mean, similar in that it, you actually have a greater chance of getting status if you're here illegally, if you have an asylum situation or if you're a trafficked victim or if Correct. you're a victim in general of, of a crime since you've been here. I am familiar with, with that. So for victims to know, hey, if I outcry and I'm here illegally, um, it may actually help me with my status as long as I'm, I'm actually a victim and I'm not using it as a, a false way to manipulate my, my it, reason to be here. It's the TVPA, Trafficking Victims Protection Act. So it's, if anybody's listening who, who has that fear, just realize, hey, you know, not only can they reach out to Rebecca, but they're, if you reach out to law enforcement, they'll try to help you as long as you just get out of the situation that you're in. Help them help you. Help okay. them help you. And there are a lot of, of grants, federal grants, to some of these local agencies. I know that uh, Montgomery County was given some extra resources to try to help traffic victims. I know that... Harris County uh, takes that very seriously. And so that's Houston and we're Conroe here, North Houston. So don't think that they don't want to help you because they need to use the resources that they have available in order to justify their program. Right. And certainly there is a need for it. Right. And, and Houston and, and Montgomery, Harris County, Montgomery County, I, I feel they're doing a wonderful job in really trying to combat this. And I hope it, it is a, serves as a um, a wake-up call or, I, I mean, what's the better word, you know, as a training you know, ground of, hey, we're doing this and this works. So replicate it in your city. And I do think at least there is a push in Montgomery County to punish the consumer. As you said, you don't call them the Johns, the consumer versus punishing the victim. And that wasn't always the case. I mean, I will say that there is enhanced prostitution laws where if you have multiple convictions for prostitution, if you get up to four, if you're a fourth offender prostitute, you can be punished as a state jail felon. And then if you get two state jail felonies, then you can be forced to go to prison. So to have to go to prison when you are doing something where you are the victim, regardless of what you believe about the system, regardless if you think they're doing it on their own or regardless if you think they're, you're in a situation where you're criminalizing and you're, you're institutionalizing somebody that, that is a victim any way you look at it. Right. They need help, not... They need help. Sentence. They don't need to go to jail, the state jail, prison. It's not, it's not a solution. And so you don't want to have prosecutors that say, okay, well, you're not going to take my resources. Well, I'm going to give you 90 days in jail. I mean, that certainly doesn't give them a lot of support and love and comfort from the law enforcement side. Right. And that was ultimately what, what I experienced in Harris County was I had somebody that had a number of prostitutions historically throughout the country. Um, and, you know, she didn't want to work the program or, or use the resources. And, and ultimately, we did have a couple of good legal issues, and her cases were dismissed. She had one felony, having a firearm. Um, you know, I don't believe it was hers. I believe it was her pimps or uh, somebody else's. But then she had a case with the prostitution. And, and just recognizing, okay, yes, I could send her to jail, but the good of society is not better served No, by her going not. to jail. Right when she basically met up with a cop who was, you know, looking for her. Right. So um, it's been great having you, Rebecca. We need to say goodbye uh, on Thank this you. rainy February 7th, but we hope that you keep doing the wonderful good work that you're doing and, and hope that people realize that you're somebody that you're there for them. They can reach out to you. Um, tell them your website again. Uh, it's ATA 
atahtx.org. Um, and my email is Rebecca, R-E-B-E-C-C-A, at atahtx.org. And Rebecca's also not just running the show at this operation, but she's also a licensed private investigator. She can help you find lost people. She can help you interview and investigate people. And, and she's got a real knack at, at talking, as you can hear from the show. So, so she'll be a great witness if you ever need her to testify for you. Absolutely. So you're listening to Justice is Blonde, Soldier for Women Day. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Lone Star Community Radio. 